Calling all units, calling all units. Donut Shot has a fresh dozen. Go ahead and take a 1040. Gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers, brothers. Man. Salud, gentlemen. Mmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, some good juice. Ah, yes. Bring it, baby. Good stuff. Murder was the case that they gave, gave me. me. Yeah. <laughs> is that your uh, is that your theme song? It 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 could it could come up a lot in my in, uh, in my time. You got your playlist? It's so, come up. It's come up. It, it is one of the best. Yeah, like the backing track for that. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah exactly. So West Coast. Yeah. That's that's, they, that's you know, his intro like, music when he walks you know, in the like door. You're walking through uh, when you're. Uh, like in the inner city, you go into a homicide scene, mm-hmm. and you get out of my detective vehicle and walking down the street, and they, uh, you hear from the background on, on the third floor, murder was the case. <laughs> yo, 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 Freddie Ponce! I'm saying, what up? Yeah. Murder was the case that they gave me! <laughs> I was out screaming from far away, what up, Freddie? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Bro. Yeah, baby, hey, baby, that's first 48. That's big time. Well, it, uh, well, it appears it appears that we're going to do the intros going that way then. Oh, because okay. he just did an excellent oh. intro interview. Yeah, it's yeah. what's going on. So, uh, what's up, guys? Nick from Nick Off Duty and other channels. Yeah. What's up, Justin? It's, this is Justin. So uh, from Florida. And I got my man here. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Freddie Ponce. Fred. Close Fred. friends call me Fredo. 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 You know, like family, like real tight, like my inner circle. That's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm talking about. So. I'm good with Fred. Damn, so I only, I only know you as Freddy, so what does that make me? <laughs> Fred, Fred. We'll, we'll just just by the end of the week, get out of here, we'll see what happens. We'll see a what work happens. acquaintance. Um, brought you on because you're a man that knows a lot about moita. That's right. Murder, We're baby. talking moita. <laughs> talking murder, baby. And yeah. you have a podcast. So talking murder podcast, yeah. Talking murder. That's what we do. We talk, murder. talk about talking murder. Talking moita. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to. You're just like, wow, this is good. How many times are we going to yeah. say murder? That's no, no, no. But it's talking it's to me. come up. So, times, yeah. anyways, so you, you're recently retired. Yeah. Right? But you have an extensive career in police work and in uh, the homicide unit. That's what we're going to be talking about today, correct? Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so. How many yeah, years? How many years? 24 years mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Miami PD. And. Um, with the uh, homicide unit, was there about 15 years uh, with them? 10 of those years at the midnight midnight homicide. Ooh, 10 years on midnights. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool, but <sighs> yeah, it, uh, it 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 changes your personality, man. Yeah, I it remember when I first met you. You were uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, you get you get a little grumpy, man. Look. Grizzly, and, and, yeah. and a lot of police, uh, police officers, or investigators, or guys who, depending on what the job there is that they do, this job makes you hard, man. You change. It's like you before you were a cop, you were probably like the nicest guy in the person. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Yeah. I love you. You're beautiful. Hey, look how nice you are. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, nice seeing you, man. And then after the years dropped on in you, and especially the, the you know, the what you see what every single what day. You, you were working. That is that is. Listen, dude, I. And any any homicide guy, I'll tell you this: the 15 years that I was there, working, I saw death every single day of my working life, of my working life from those 15 years of murder. Yeah. And then when you get the patrol guys, they they see their murders and their bodies and yeah. stuff that. But when you get in specific uh, cases like that, and we're talking about, you know, from natural death to murder yeah. homicides, you know, the, all, all different types of murders. Yeah. 
but it's every single day. Yeah. Whatever it is, you're going to see something when you come to work that day. You're going to get something. Yeah. So imagine midnights. You're on midnights, and you're a homicide detective for like 14, 15 years. So I see this guy in the lunch line, and he's just like, uh, uh, uh. yeah. So, uh, and then you went to training towards the tail end of your career, and what a switch, you know? This personality came out. You see him he blossoms. He's, yeah, he's about an awesome dude, very knowledgeable, um, and and that that goes to sure show. you right, to, huh? Say it again. Sure, you're right. Yeah, no, you are. You are. It's a very knowledgeable dude. Otherwise, you wouldn't Thank be you, sitting man. here with this awesome patch that, uh, by the way, shout out. Appreciate Check it. it out. Appreciate it. Thank Criminal you, Investigations man. Training Group. That's right. Shout out. We got patches. People are going to be like, hey, you. can I get one of those patches? <laughs> yeah. You got 100,000 more of those? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're going to get a whole bunch of people asking All right. All right. We'll make it happen. So 14, 15. You said 15 years? Yeah. Homicide unit. Um, it takes a toll on somebody. Uh, like you said, you're seeing death every day. And uh, so before uh, being a homicide detective, what was your career like? What did you do? Any units? What kind of units or just patrol? So, um, yeah, prior to uh, we can we can backtrack now before the PD. Um, yeah, I did the whole uh, problem solving team thing. Yeah, um, and uh, I did uh, about three or four years on patrol up in uh, Liberty City and uh, Little Haiti area. Before doing that, all with the intent of coming up to in uh, investigative division, um, and then prior to uh, police, I was a private investigator. Huh. I did some military time. Did four years in military. What branch? In the Navy. All right. Thank I you was not the uh, not the golf type. I wasn't the tactical uh, uh, yeah, guy. The, yeah. Who <laughs> later in my career became the the awesome guys to have on your team, and I'll and well, I'll tell a story later. Yeah. Uh, how those guys are, how, how awesome those guys are. Um, and then uh, I, I first started at 19, uh, 20 years old working uh, security, uh, internal theft, investigations, and then I got cut into the PI uh, stuff. And that's, you know, that's where my, my, my thinking of what, that I want, what I wanted to do for work. And yeah. two, two important things happened in my life, two big impacts happened in my life. One when I was about 19, 20 years old, and then we'll talk about the other one later because it may come up later. Um, so <clears throat> I'm working at this big retail chain store. I won't say the name. And um, one of the investigators, uh, security people that worked there, they said, hey, we need a witness over here. I said, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, we need to go interview this employee for uh, a theft case. He stole some stuff. Just sit in, shut up, don't, don't talk. So he starts interviewing the guy, you know, and he's like spilling his beans. I'm like quiet, talk, saying in my head. And he goes, I'm like, man, what's this guy? What's this guy saying, man? Yeah. He's confessing, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling myself, shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's confessing to everything. He's he in trouble, man. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I'm listening to the investigator, what he's doing. Yeah. He's like persuading this guy, yeah. you know, to confess. And I'm like, and I'm not turning and thinking to myself. Oh, this guy's a badass. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's good. That was at night. I was 19 years old when that happened. Since that day, I was hooked. Move your, move your mic over a little. Straight, straighten it up. It, there, there you go. There you go. I was so hooked. Yeah. Some that day. I'm 52 years old now. Ever since day, I have been obsessed with anything that has to do with 
interviewing, with interrogation, with anything that has to do with persuading people to tell you things, or identifying behavior and um, nonverbal behavior from people. I'm like stuck. So, <laughs> oh God, as, what is he going to get out of us? As Justin starts moving <laughs> in his seat, I'm like, sitting well, straight up, I'm already there. getting nervous. Oh so. yeah, yeah. That's 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 big. So you're a hypnotist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, look, we got croquettes. Yeah. Look how quick they appear. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think back. And man, I think this was all a clever ruse and just to get onto the podcast. Like he set little yeah. planted seeds all this time. <laughs> yeah. He manipulated me. Oh, wow, he is good. Oh no! no but all right, so get nervous. Yeah, 19, yeah. So, you got hooked. So yeah, you get hooked, man. So then, uh, then I, I answered some ad on the on a, on a classified newspaper for an, go to an investigative agency to be a, a, a PI. I answered up. I got hired for that. That guy sent me to my first interrogation school, and I was like, oh my god, this is my dream. I didn't really exist. I just know what I, I wanted to do. Yeah. And um, since then, I've been to like twenty-two interrogation schools, and I've repeated some over and over again. And now I teach it. Wow. I, I, I teach that 40-hour course to our investigators. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you become so obsessed and, and a passion creates within you that now you know what you're going to do for the rest of your career. So from then on, I, I figured, man, who's, like, the worst criminals that I can get to interrogate that I would want to do that as a career? Yeah. And I figured, look, you know, so you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make a move, see if I can become a, a sexual battery investigator or a special victims unit investigator. Right, yeah. That was my thing. It was like, that's what I wanted to do. I want to yeah. get... A child rapist or a pedophile, and get those guys to confess. I was like, that was like my mission. Yeah. So then, my, you know, and then I took off, went to the military, came back, did some more PI work, and then, uh, then I got on the PD. Nice. With that, still that same focus. Even while I was gone in the military, going away, going all these different countries, like I knew what my focus was, what my studying was, what I need to do, and I and I went for it. That's like I had that taking that passion with me. You know, yeah. you don't go chase passion. You take you take that with you wherever yeah. you go. You know, good advice. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. So, so I tried to get into the sex bat unit. Yeah. But man, there was some dinosaurs in there. Man, you can't get out. You yeah. you you can't. You like interviewing those guys won't leave. Those investigators they won't leave that unit. And I'm yeah, stuck, wow. man. I was like, I can't get in there at all. That's and that's uh, that's a huge thing now that th- these guys that are on now they don't underst- they don't understand because we have a fairly uh, young department now yeah. and positions everywhere open. Okay, I'm gonna go and be a sex bat, special victims uh, detective. Nah, today I'm gonna be. Uh, next week I'm gonna go over here, over here. You you couldn't get to get a, a morning shift on patrol. You had to have at least 20 years on. Now it's like three years. You get a morning shift on patrol. So. It, I could. I understand where you're coming from, especially when you go up to homicide. I know to get into homicide back in the day was tremendously hard, big time. Well, yeah, well, yeah. But and part of that, well, but when you and that, well, you fix the mic. Um, they, with all of that, you know, like what you were saying before, like the dinosaurs or the guys don't want to come out. I mean, I would think that sex crimes would be one of the most mentally draining and pulling on your emotions and this, some of the sick stuff you see. Why, why do you think that those guys wouldn't come out? Or why do you think people would stay in that unit like that? Why isn't there an attrition every couple of years? Well, look, the, the, for those guys, and we're, we're going to get into the, the qualities of investigators on a bit, but um, when those guys... And the, and the thing is that the guys that were there is that they were really, really good investigators. I'm not yeah. talking about a guy that was slugging and he's looking to hide somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm, ta- I'm talking about right. guys that were so good. What, they made it so good for them not to go anywhere. Yeah. And when you become a really, really good investigator, 
all the units want you. They want you. They need you. I want you to train my guys. Come here. Come here. Yeah. They start pulling you different directions. And they, those guys were just there for a very long time. And they, they were still active. They still had the passion for the work that they did. And they, they had results. Yeah. I mean, you can ask, hey, how many case did you clear this year or where, where are we at this guy they had answers they, yeah. they, were, they, were, they were really good at so what that they explains did. why olivia benson is still on law and order svu <laughs> okay. Right, I got okay i got you yeah oh, so yeah. i so i um so I, I couldn't get on sex bat so i said well look you know what's an expects thing you know mm-hmm. uh, i get sex bat cases that uh, offenders that kill their victims let me try to go to homicide it's a good second <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a good second and that took that took three different interviews to get in and back then it was like if you were gonna if there was an opening to go into a homicide unit it was like the line outside the door was how many people wanted to get in it's like a black friday (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was like and and now you're trying to recruit a guy and he doesn't he knows the reality of what the job is is asking you to do and you're not going to get it no um it's because of the vlog because I shouldn't have covered so much in the vlog. My Way bad. <laughs> I, ruined the, I ruined the whole bunch of units. It took away the magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so go. then after eventually the third, um, the third time around, they got sick of seeing me so much and just hanging out and, and, and watching everybody we were doing. And then I finally got a spot in. So, like, so in that agency, do you, do you just go right in there? Or were you already doing uh, you know, another form of investigations? So well, I had what a, the... That's a good question. So I already had the experience of, of my own background with right, my investigations. Uh, I was attached to, um, they had like an environmental uh, uh, detail, crime, crime yeah. environmental crimes uh, unit. Uh, I started that. We wrote the DOs on that. Uh, we trained those guys back then on that. That was like in 99 or so 98. DOs are departmental orders, which essentially governs. Uh, the unit on how to perform their duties. So, so kind of creating the unit and creating how it yeah, functions. Yeah, like your rules and regs. And if you're yeah. in this unit, these are the rules and regs. This but so was that, you know, like you, you started a job patrol, obviously, at yeah. first. And you, and you had said you did like the neighborhood team and the different, you worked in those different areas. So you did get into investigations? I, so then I, service? right. Uh, so when, when I, when I was in the, that environmental unit, as I was, Part of investigation, but we weren't uh, we weren't on the fifth floor where all the investigative yeah. units we were detached in a different building. Okay. So I wasn't really connected. So, you know, part of when I tell when I when I teach my my investigative students or patrol guys I want to go into investigation, I said and something that I learned how to do in the military, and I said, look, you got, you want to go somewhere, people got to know who you are. Yeah. One of the guys that you're going to work with. They got to know who the type of person that they're going to work with. What personality is that person? Can yeah. I work an investigation? Can, can Justin and, and Nick work with me? Yeah. And they want to come over. I, I got to know who you guys are. I'm not going to go chase you down. I may want to recruit you and tell you. I'll tell you one time. Yeah. Hey, uh, Nick, by the way, we got an opening. Yeah. And I, what I would expect is that you come and visit our unit. Mm-hmm. Hang out. Yeah. Hey, what are you guys up to? What's going on? One thing that the military taught us is... Uh, good note taking, good scribing. I see, man. You you're scratching out a whole bunch of notes. You got here so, already on our second page. I gave right? him yeah. a notebook, and it's the most used <laughs> notebook so far. <laughs> so what I did, what I did was, I said, you know what? I'm going to start going up there and bugging these guys. Get let them get to know me. So what I would do is I, I go I go see Tamayo, Ford, and all yeah. the badass investigators right up there. Yeah. And they were my partners for a very long time. And I said, and and uh, and Chiki, and I said, hey, uh, let me sit with you. Talk to me about interviewing. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about crime scene. Talk to me about it. And I started creating a log. 
I was a navigator in the military, so I, I did a, so I created a log. Oh, one hour with, with Nick. Nick talked talk to me about crimes. Boom, Nick, can you in, initial that for me? <laughs> so they, I did that for months and months, and me trying to get into the unit. Yeah. And then when I went to my board interview meeting, I had the book with me. Yeah. And then all, you know, you bring all your certificates for the yeah. course, and then I showed it to them. And then I went like this. Yeah. Like this guy's a nut. This guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah. this and then guy's I was like, a beautiful mind. Third time type of character. Did, yeah. Oh well. So you were you were. I mean, it shows, man. You you already you're jotting notes down as we're talking. I, I think you're talking. Not even looking at the padding. You're, scribbling, <laughs> you're scribbling down. You come up with ideas, man. You can't. You, you and you bring good thing about taking notes. You're you're sleeping at night and you can't sleep because a great idea comes up. Yeah. Don't freaking go to sleep, man. Yeah. Have a pad next to your nightstand or get up and go write it down. And now you can sleep like a baby because it's here. So, right. I do that all the time. I do it all the time. I, I, my, my ideas come to me either when I'm driving or I'm in the shower for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> but phones, are water, phones, phones are waterproof now, bro. Most vulnerable, butt naked. I'm like, oh, my Record, God, that would be hilarious to do a video like this. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyways, um, to go back, I, I wanted to be in homicide. Um, you know, and I don't know if it was for the wrong reasons, but when First 48 was in our agency, I was like, I want to be on that TV show. I think I'd be good. Uh, and then they took it away. I was like, ah, just do a vlog. Yeah. But um, that's something that you were on for a while, right? First 48? Yep. So how was that, man? They were a, they were a good group of guys. That, uh, we had production with them, uh, with us, and they had to, uh, we had to call them. Uh, whenever something went down, they had a call. They they brought them in. They put them in a beautiful apartment there in Brickell. Yeah. And they were field producer guys. Yeah. Uh, normally, you see one guy all day in a day shift. He'd, he'd probably clear by 8 o'clock at night. And anything that would happen overnight, they we would call them, and they would show up to the scene, wherever the scene was. Uh, in the beginning, it took a while for, to, for them to get adjusted of how we work. Yeah. Um, be careful where you're walking on the scene. You're not stepping on anything. And then when we tell you to put the camera down, you're going to put the camera down and you're going to stop recording. Yeah. Then we just talk about sensitive things that don't, you know, don't need to be aired. And What, um, what kind of sense? Like what? Like victims and family members? Strategy. Mostly strategy. 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 So, all right. That's, what, that's something that people don't know. Like, oh, these guys are telling. They know everything. Uh, I, I could just watch First 48. And now I know how to get away with the murder. But there were some strategies that you guys were. Listen, more power to you. But you can watch every single crime show there is on TV now. There's, I've got a hundred of them. But the day you decide to commit a crime, we'll see what's going to happen to your body. And you're going to remember all that crap that you think you learned. Okay. Right, so, right, right. So, so the consequences does something to your body when there is a consequence yeah, that you know ultimately something's going to happen to you yeah somebody's going to come knocking on your door one day uh the pores open up and you start to freak out and while you're committing that crime or even after you commit the crime so so physiological responses yeah. your body physiologically responds the you, you see the the artery pumping maybe a little bit stressors. those are called stressors stressors yeah so what if they're just nervous is there? Can you zero? So you, you like, are we talking about interrogation now? You no, 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 no. I just, I just, I know we're gonna get there, but I'm just oh, saying yeah. some tips. Like what, what it's, what if they're just nervous? What like I, I like I've been watching a lot of the episodes and I touch my face whenever I talk. Right, right. So totally does. Right, right. So you, you got to establish Sit a, on your hands. Right. So you got to establish a standard, right? Yeah. You, you, a, a behavioral standard for somebody before you know before you. Uh, Try to define what these stressors mean, if they mean anything. Okay. So you want to know what they what they are, look like at their natural state. Okay. And how they behave in their natural state. Yeah. So that should be casual conversation, like just checking you guys out. You're out chilling out, or we're having a 
want to talk about conversation. Maybe later you're gonna have a problem. Yeah. When you're like, like, hey, yeah. let me see your uh, your search history on your phone. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, but, but he already knows what our baseline is. Yeah. He's already seen us. Yeah. yeah. He's already watched us <laughs> drink coffee. I guess that's all the notes are about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me show those notes, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, see, but his handwriting is of a style that it's kind of a glyph. Like a doctor. You can't really tell. Yeah, like a doctor. <laughs> yeah, you, gotta, you, gotta, you take bullet notes. You don't want to take uh, your, your, your suspect or read upside down and take you. Watch what you're writing. Do, they, do you purposely do that where you just have it out and you're writing down like totally lying? And they're like, oh, my God, he's on to me. <laughs> no, I just, I, I, just, I just write bullet notes to myself because, I, I mean, I know everything's recording. Yeah. Uh, we Good more detail about interrogations. Um, yeah, I know everything's recording, and I rely also on my partner. My good, my my good hey. partner is in the monitor room taking notes uh. and not leaving that room because when 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 you're in the box, mm-hmm. when we call the box, and you're one on one facing a killer, yeah, it's very easy to Monday morning quarterback, and we like that in investigations. I like it when my partner's there taking notes because yeah. I know that I'll take a break somewhere in between and I'll come to him. What did you see that I didn't see? Yeah. And he may say, hey, by the way, you didn't ask him what kind of gun he had. Yeah. Or you didn't ask him the color of the gun. And I totally missed it. And now we're in it. We're, he's sharing the information that he observed. And then I go back in and I, and I brush it up or I clean it up, whatever yeah. I do. But if I come outside and he's not there when he was supposed to be there, yeah. we got serious problems, bro. Yeah. We're, we're, it's going to go down. We got problems. Well, speaking of a break. Let's jump right into a break. We'll yeah. take a commercial, and we'll be right back. Right back. Hey, what's up, Podcast Land? It's Justin here. Thank you so much. You guys have shown up big time over at blackoutcoffee.com. You've used your codes. You're helping out the show. Blackout Coffee has offered us a new code. It's DSP20. It'll now get you 20% when you re-up that bag of coffee that you just finished the other day. So hit it up, DSP20. You can find that link over on our page donutshoppodcast.com or you can just go straight to blackoutcoffee.com and use dsp20 to get 20 percent off thanks a lot back to the show all right and we're back yeah. so i want to clarify some things because some smaller agencies or they don't have a, a large number of officers mm-hmm. they don't they have a general investigations unit where they just kind of have maybe like a serious crimes one and then a violent a, crime unit yeah violent crime unit where they investigate that at larger agencies such as ours, we have an entire division, a CID yeah. uh, division that is dedicated to that, uh, investigating. So you have a burglary unit or burglary detectives, robbery detectives, yeah. uh, assault uh, detectives, special homicide, victims. special victims units, yeah. economic crimes, like white-collar crimes. So yeah, yeah, to yeah. become... Uh, listening to these officers or future officers out there aspiring to be uh, into a homicide mm-hmm. unit, what is the route? How should they go about it? How do you look? What is the recruitment process to get a detective in the homicide unit? What are you looking for? Right. So, yeah, definitely, most definitely, if you, if you can get into an investigative unit prior, I would strongly recommend that prior to get into homicide because you learn so much of what is already needed mm-hmm. that when we bring you in, we want you up and running. Okay, yeah. I don't want to have to show, tell you, hey, how do I go talk to a witness? Should I go knock? Do I go yeah. in my car? Do I call him to come? I want you to already know these things. And these investigative units, uh, those and the investigators that are there, they're amazing guys that will stay there the whole career, and they're really good at what they do and great for networking. But if your end goal is to get to homicide, yeah, most definitely go there, stay there a couple of years, 
And then start doing what I was saying before. It's like you got to be able to, one, you got to know that you really want homicide, okay? One, one thing about being a, success, a successful homicide investigator, what I'm looking for uh, is does this person really want to come here? Why, what are the reasons that you really want to be here? So if you're constantly coming around and, and finding out what's going on in the unit, then I know, okay, he's got, he's got an interest. But, you know, in, in police work, we, we have our slogan that you, you guys see it everywhere. It's protect and serve. Right? Yes. Yeah. And you have to understand what service is and what that means uh, for a police officer and what that means, what you're going to do for the community. And, and in our case, what are you going to do for your victim or your victim's family? Yeah. So... And then when you understand that what, that, what that truly means, then now you're carrying something with you as you're doing your work, your investigative work. Yeah. You're responding for somebody that has absolutely no power, a victim's family, a victim's mother. They rely on you to get subpoenas, get warrants, go hunt a killer, bring them back, do the home investigation, do the crime scene, and then interrogate the guy. They can't do that. No. So that person's got to be able to do that. So what's your driving force? You know, what motivates you to, to sustain those many years in a unit? And what, do you, you know, what are you going to bring to the table to do that? And you, and you bring that service with you. Because, and you hang on to something that's going to be that driving force. For me, it was um, victims and victims' family. This is what, and it just brought up my second part of the second impact of my life, what happened to me. I think it was like about the second year I was in, in homicide. Get a murder of this, this kid uh, West, West Coconut Grove. Um, and I go knock on the door to go make the notification. By the way, two, two of the worst things that you can do in police work is direct traffic yeah. and make a death notification to a family. Yes. Um, shout out to the motors guys. Yeah. Brutal out there. I like direct traffic. So I go knock on the door, and I'm, uh, when she opens the door, when she sees me, she drops to her knees and holds her stomach like this. And I'm ca- I catch her, and I say to her, are you the mother of, I won't, I won't say his name, and she just bawled out. Dude, right there, I was like, what the hell's going on here, man? I'm like, yeah. I'm like what am I doing, man? What is going on? What are we doing? And it was like, man, that was like the impact for me. It was like, this was it. That was my hook that got me to me understanding why I'm doing the job that I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm doing it for victims' families. Yeah. And I was able to, then that's how I developed my investigative structure, you know, with, with that support. Now, if you talk to, let's say you talk to a crime scene investigator, yeah. the guys that collect the evidence for us, their driving force is that they found a fingerprint on a crime scene and they show the, the tape mm-hmm. with the print they show it to each other hey look they're like wow that's amazing and that was like another one yeah. and then they, they they get DNA and then they hear that they got a DNA hit they have a celebration they go party and you got a hit or you got a print yeah. that's what moves that, that's yeah. what moves them drives them forces yeah. them yeah that's what our and crime it pushes and pushes and pushes so you, you gotta have a driving force uh, to to push you to sustain you in the in the business. If you're gonna come into the unit for for the glamour, or yeah. you, you know, you want to look really sharp everywhere, you, know, you can forget about it. You know, yeah. oh, I want to go there because I want to go become a supervisor, do something else. 
We don't, we don't have time for that, man. Chasing the high, man. You're chasing. That's that was your driving. That was essentially your high. Is that you were you? You're like you know what? I get a kick out of, and, and it might sound like a positive thing, like this is. But in, in, when it boils down to it, you felt good helping out these victims. Is what I'm saying. It's like I felt like, and that's one of the reasons why I became a police officer. Is I didn't like. I don't like bullies. I don't like bullies. I like standing up for. The victim, the person that is, yeah. is so. Whenever the, my thing was robberies, I hated people that stuck a gun in somebody's face and and basically bullied them, mm-hmm. picked them, rendered or, them powerless. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, who are you to do that to another person? So that's why I, I became a. Yeah. Was my a, other other pub, other people do it in the name of justice. Look, <clears throat> there's laws in place. Yeah. Who the hell do you think you are that you're gonna come over and kill this person and just you think you're just gonna get away with it? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Guess what, buddy. Guess who's coming? Yeah, it, it's not gonna happen. So, and people drive on that. It's yeah. against the law. You can't do it. And that's their force. That's what they take with you. Yeah, great. More power to you. That's what moves you, gets you up, to come in and start barking orders to your team, um, and then you bring that with you to the investigation. It's in and in, in, in the structure and how to conduct the investigation. So that's that's uh, something that you should have a quality. That you should have when pursuing uh, becoming a homicide detective. So, like, look, like, for, for instance, myself, I was probably the wrong reasons. The first 48 mm-hmm. thing, I yeah, saw yeah. that, you know. Uh, I, I like police work. I, I'm sure that I would have been a great homicide detective. No, you know, I'm not doubting myself. But I think it was the wrong reasons. It's like I, I always wanted the... I saw, like, uh, the Ruggieros and the Boshes and the Pawns. And I'm like, man, that's cool that they're, they get to show themselves being badasses on... A and it was an A and E, right? Uh, an A and E TV, and I, yeah. On A and E, man, that would be awesome. But uh, probably the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so it still worked out. For you, you know, you may not, you may not know, you may not have a good reason in the beginning, but you're you're gonna get to know it yeah. real quick. Oh, like real, real, real quick, real fast. You're gonna get slapped right in the face real quick with a really big time profile case. And like as soon as you get there, bam. Yeah. You're the lead. We're. Justin and I are working for Nick. Mm-hmm. Nick, what do you want us to do? That's that's something that I was gonna. That's something I was gonna ask you, because you have that. Uh, if you're in a high crime area, which uh, I know you did 14 years or 15 years, sorry, in homicide, there w- there was a point in time where crime was high and murders were up. Um, so you get you get a case right, and you get these victims' families right. But then all of a sudden you get another call the next night, and you got another case. Right, and then another night, right? And you got another case. Yeah, the nights then, don't stop. And then they don't stop. So what happens to the fifth, sixth night? So explain that that workload, managing the workload when you have multiple cases. And I think you touched a little bit on it. Like we're the backup. You guys are the backup. I'm primary. Now we're the backup. You're primary. Is that yeah, you how can, it went? You can include a lot of coffee in between them. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how the structure the structure works. Speaking of coffee, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is how the structure works. So we're we, we could be let's say we we could be a team right here, the three of us, and then okay. we got a supervisor uh-huh. that works in the team. So with the way the rotation works, there's let's say there's six homicide teams. Each team has three, four guys, a supervisor, uh, and there the teams aren't called uh, one through one through six, one through seven, whatever the team number is. We're team one on January first of every year. Team one is on the board. For the next who done it murder, where we don't know who the killer is, okay, when when the murder happens, so that's a thing, right? Okay. Yeah, it's called the who done it murder. The who done it. Then the smoker, the smoker is that once the murder happens, we already know who the killer is because we have a either he was captured 
or we have a witness on scene that says, I know the name of so-and-so, he's the killer. It's usually right. a domestic they could they could come in all oh, in all phases, but yeah, yeah, those are those are big. Right. Yep, for yeah. sure. Um, so the rotation work is okay. We know that uh, Nick is within our team. We're gonna have a rotation. Mm-hmm. Nick, you're gonna take the next the first murder that comes for the year. Then it'll be Justin. Then I got the third one. Once you get the murder, now the team two is on deck. Okay. And we call them and let them. Hey, we got the murder. You guys are next. And then that rotation goes around that rotation can go as fast as three days or a week or two weeks or even a month yeah. where team one hasn't picked up another murder okay but it could be like this or like justin freddie back nick boom boom two and two team two three four five six and it comes back to us so so we don't we don't each take turns being primary on a murder for and then it goes to the second so for instance i get a murder you guys are my backups team two you're on deck yeah. or is it i get a murder he gets murdered. No, 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 murder. no. Then team, no. It's the, the other way around. One, okay. Team two is on deck for their next murder. As soon as one drops right. in the middle of us, the next one goes. So if, you if, could if, say that first one is a whodunit. So now you're lead on a whodunit. I'm going to assume that a whodunit is much more detailed because you've got a lot more research to do. Yeah. So then the next team, then they get a, you know, a smoking where they know. So they might kind of have it more or less wrapped up. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the worst case scenario is, let's say it's a Monday we work a day shift. Yeah. Right. And we picked up the whodunit on, on Monday. And then Tuesday, we work a normal day shift. And a smoker goes down in our shift. We got a, a, one of us, too, will pick up that smoker. So you're, you can work on your whodunit. So on the second day, if it's a smoker on duty, Justin and I will pick up that murder while you work the whodunit. So that's what I was saying. So now we have two murders, and the three of us are working. where did team two go? They don't pick up a smoker because it happened in our shift. So a smoker is essentially we know who did it. Yeah. Right? Yep. So that one and stays in. And it happened in. on your shift. Okay. So and then it's, that stays With in. the shift. Who's ever working. A, a who done it that we have. And then a who done it again. That one goes to. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so the next one. There you go. Okay. And we're back. So, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah. But, yeah. So we'll, we'll pick that up. And then, yeah. It's, you know, we, we might be able to handle it with a little less manpower probably. But, okay. yeah. So you got to yeah. do a lot of juggling. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter of, where you're at. You could be home on your days off, whatever, but you're up for the next who done it. You can't go on vacation. I don't recommend you going to bars and hanging out too much at the bars. <laughs> uh, but I won't say that if it's happened or not in the past. But <laughs> He's maybe. retired. He could say that. This uh, may or may tough. not happen. Let's, uh, yeah, let's jump let's on break. a break real quick. Okay. And then we'll kind of get that back on track, and we'll be right back. And, I mean, this stuff's getting riveting. All right. The thunder? We'll be right back. Thunder, baby. What's up, everybody? Just wanted to tell you about our friends over at DMV Tile. There's six locations across South Florida that can take care of everything that you need, from accessories, installation materials, marble, and, of course, the best tile. Start by looking at their website, dbtile.com. And first responders, when you go in there, mention Donut Shop Podcast for 15% off your purchase. Now back to the show. All right, guys. Uh, welcome back. Yeah, Freddie, yeah, yeah. You, congratulations. You're going to be the first guest where I polled the audience to interrogate you and ask you questions. Um, and I'm going to let Jay take the first question. Uh, and then what we're doing is essentially uh, over on Nick Off Duty. And then we're going to start doing it on Donut Shop Podcast. I just have a little more following right now on Nick Off Duty, but eventually the Donut Shop Podcast. I have feels going to take off. Huge. But, cool. But anyways... Uh, we want to pull them. We want to get them involved. So I guess we'll take five out of the, it looks like about 50. 
and you can answer it short, long, however you want, however you decide. We're going to ask you the question. We're going to shout out the person who asked the question, yep. and then uh, you respond. Roger so, that. Roger that. The Bring first it. one yep. comes from Liam Young, eighty eighty. Thank you very much for your question. So, Liam, what's the difference between homicide and murder? We'll hear it a lot on the news. The word homicide, and we'll hear murder too. What's uh? Yeah. So, um, homicide is a death caused by someone that's other than a natural. Right. So and homicide is the um, the umbrella that covers all the different charges that we investigate under homicide. So it could be murder, first degree, second degree murder, manslaughter um, and uh, negligent, accidental and a justified homicide. Um, and suicides are also investigated by us and. Um, anything that has to do with an attempted murder also, which we, we're following an assault team that's doing that, that it's going to lead to a death. So very basic is, uh, but once we get a case, we investigate every case, no matter what it is, as a death caused by somebody else, as a homicide. And then we classify them or whatever they are under that umbrella. Right. So just a random tree falling that no one cut down and someone dies... Not necessarily a homicide because right. it just fell down. Unless but gonna we're going to investigate it just in case there was a sniper across the street and shot that tree down. Right. We're going to investigate it as a wrongdoing. But uh, that's correct. A homicide is not a charge. Nobody's charged with homicide. They're charged with a, with a, a Florida with a statue. With, with that but if murder. a homicide detective shows up, it's not necessarily a murder. That, that's, that's absolutely correct. Okay. So it's, homicide is person to person, essentially. If I'm in a car and I strike you, homicide, a type of homicide, traffic homicide will come out at this point. Vehicular uh, homicide. Yeah, yeah. will come out. Right? Yeah. If, if, uh, if, yeah, it, right, that's correct, yeah. So, uh, a manslaughter, you guys still investigate, and then you'll charge that person with manslaughter. So, the, it's a homicide. Most, yeah, most probably... I'll, we're going to charge them with a first degree, and yeah. then or once we've we've discussed with the ter- state attorney's office how we're investigating the case, if it's going to get brought brought back down. So okay. we, we're really looking for intent. Is we, yeah. We're looking for the intent. So, the, but that's what well, I'm saying. Well, let me let me also remind people because we got people watching all over the world and all over the United States, and every state has their own classifications of all of these charges and they may name them a little bit differently but for the most part there's probably a base that really kind of goes with all of them right Right. so you got your your murder your murder one is a premeditated murder it could be planned out for a long time or it could been planned out in in less than a minute yeah uh and then you got your second degree murder is while you were in the commission of a crime somebody you got you killed somebody in that process of that crime and, and 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 you could be the guy, the getaway driver, yeah. and I'm still charging you for that second degree murder. Or if you weren't even there, let's say you draw it on a on a napkin, you draw me the plans to the bank, yeah. and Justin and I went and we killed everybody at the bank. You're done. Yeah, you're done. So what you if get I also sign my name. Ah, <laughs> uh, then we'll get a handwriting I beat the case. I beat the case. All right, I got I got another one. Somebody else that wants to interrogate you. Uh, I got two on this one. It's pretty good. Salty Tactical. And this one's one you could probably answer in uh, in, in quick fashion here. So at Salty Tactical, at Salty Tactical on Instagram says, do they still trace bodies 
in chalk like they do in the movies. <laughs> who, like, who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Do they still draw the little chalk line around the bodies? Never. Go. Big, big no-no, big no-no. No chalking around. Never has been done. That probably has not been done since the early... 50s or 60s. Man, big mistake bringing... You never want to bring anything into the crime scene. Ah. Whether you may see you know, anybody marking something, with bringing something in, in the scene that's not brought in by, by a crime scene investigator. Okay. Um, can I fire off the next one? Because that was a short one. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. And, man, this is where I get exposed because I suck at, at pronouncing names. But uh, Cody Nguyen... 287 at Cody. What up, Cody? What up, Cody? Cody Nguyen. 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 Cody Nguyen. Yeah. Nguyen. Yeah. It's like Illinois. Yeah. It's silent. Okay. Cody Nguyen 287 says, how often does a homicide case become a cold case and how do you guys handle it? So maybe you could start off by defining what a cold case is. So, and I'll tell you real quick, look, the, a case becomes cold once the leads die down, right? The first 48 hours of your case are the best hours because they have the freshest information, yeah. the freshest leads. You're still talking to witnesses. You're still identifying evidence, assessing evidence. And yeah. it's all active. It's, it's crushing. Everything's coming in. A lot of things to do. Then it starts to die down. And then it's like weeks pass and weeks pass. You still don't know who your offender is. You're not getting anywhere. Um, and then it starts to get cold, where you're just like, you're looking at other cases, you're working other cases, even though you're working at the same time, and then the the case dies, right? And sometimes you gotta you know you gotta make a decision. Uh, what do you you know what are you gonna do? What happens is you'll see if the investigator's still working in the homicide unit, yeah. the case is not technically cold because at any moment it, that case could still be worked on. That, that case can still be worked on. Once that investigator leaves the homicide unit, that case goes to a cold case locker. Mm. It gets put away. And then your cold case detectives will take up that case if a tip comes in or something like that. So the cold case are worked like this. So if a cold case investigator wants to decide one day, hey, let's see what cold case I'm going to work on today. Yeah. He's going to look for a case that has serology. All right, DNA, blood, any anything related that can be tested. Uh, okay. Or the other case, the other type of cold case that he could be looking at is a circumstantial case that has a lot of players involved. There's a lot of witnesses, a lot of people were involved that either know the offender, knew the victim very well, very well, and it's just a lot of moving parts. Those are really good cases to work circumstantially, even if you don't have DNA. Yeah. You can build a timeline and surround it around this in, um, offender and to see if it validates the different theories. So, you know, you, your cases are first a hypothesis is formed and you got your crime scene with it and then theories start forming. Mm-hmm. Right. And then those theories have to be validated by either by witnesses or by evidence that's collected on the scene. It's right. got to support each other. And all these things start coming together. And now you start forming a theory that's making a lot of sense. So as an investigator, you got to do everything that you can to bust up that theory. Yeah. I'm going to challenge holes. you going to Nick, you're going to tell me you saw who killed Justin. Yeah. And I'm not going to be the dumbass to not believe you 
or to believe you 100% in case you are lying and trying to frame it on somebody else, right? <clears throat> but I'm going to listen to your story. And whatever it is that you tell me and, and you say it to be true, I'm going to try to break that up to see if I can. Yeah. And if I can't do that, then it must be true. And now I got a strong theory of what that case is. And that's how we, you know, we follow that investigation. All right. And that's with cold circumstantial with cold case cases. All, all, cases, all cases, you do that. But circumstantial cases are so awesome because so many people. When you, when, when I hear, hey, we got a, a murder, bank robbery, we got a drive-by driver, four guys in the car, bring it on. I love it. I yeah. love it. A lot of people involved. I'm in it. Yeah. Well, that sounds like interesting, especially for a cold case, because once time goes by a little bit, people's mentalities may have changed, their allegiances may have changed, they yeah. may not have talked to you probably in that first 48 or the first two months or two years, and then when you reapproach it, maybe they've got other charges on something or they're interested. I don't know. I'm just I'm not a homicide investigator, so I probably have no clue. Speaking. Do you have another question, or can we can we uh, want to elaborate spin on? off on that on, on well, what he was talking about? Elaborate on that. I'm sure you got one lined up. I'll look for the second one. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. All right. Well, elaborate. I'll look, for the, I'll look for the, what are we on, so, three? So yeah, two more. Three. Oh, well, here, I'll go with a quick one. This will be yeah, easy. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Mr. Cariel asks, why don't people respect the yellow tape? <laughs> I think that has to do with, that's not just homicide, it's everybody. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. talking about officers respecting or civilians respecting? <laughs> I mean, hey, just... Uh, if it's res res civilians not respecting, that's the policeman who's standing at the, that red yellow tape not doing right, his job. Because there's doing an officer job. that's usually having to watch those different angles and the different Right, lines. right. You got a perimeter, you got inner an inner perimeter, and then you got an outer perimeter that's got to be protected. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you're passing through one. You violated that first one. You still got to get through the, through the inner one. But uh, it's just knowledge in the police department, educating the community, you know, what, what the job that we do, and us training our own policemen, you know, Basic crime scene procedures on uh, what to do and what not to do in a crime scene. Are you putting that on me? Because now I'm in the academy teaching that fundamentals of patrol, crime scene stuff. Damn it. Bring a ball. I'll come by and sit down. You don't got to pay me. I'll, <laughs> I'll come by and sit down and, and pitch in if you want. All right. I got, I got another question. Go for it. All right. Interrogation time. Cool Hand Lou, 22. All right. And this has uh, says not Miami-Dade PD, obviously, because you didn't work there. But... Has Good this, group of guys, too. Has uh, Miami PD ever investigated a possible serial killer? Ooh. We've had, we've had uh, several cases of serial killers, yeah. Any that stand out? I mean, they all should stand out, but any, like, what's the number one, like, weird? I'll just go through, I'll just go through a couple and just brief over. I, I recall, I remember one that Cheeky worked. He worked in the, uh, in the 90s. He worked at the Del Junco case. Um, then they worked another case, a guy that was... Uh, What's the, the Huko case? Real quick. How was he doing it? There was... I, I believe this is the same one where the guy was... If, if I'm wrong, Chica, you can call me, text me now. Um, the guy was... Uh, the for watching. Yeah, the offender was um, burning prostitutes Oof. Oof. With, uh, with, uh, with this gasoline thing. And a pretty good officer of ours... Uh, Got the, the bolo, all the information out that he received, and he was out stalking, looking for this guy. Great description of the guy, uh, what he looked like, and but didn't know that he was on a bike. And then here comes a guy riding a bike, and he's got a gallon of milk on top of his basket of his bike. Mm. Yeah. Full of gasoline. Uh, in those same area right there, and then 
from there, just and, you know, I rolled on. I know in Liberty City, um, we picked one up, uh, young, really young, really young kid, juvenile. Uh, I think it was like three or four that he did. Serial killers are like, you know, they have a cooling off period. You kill, some time passes by, then there's another, not like spree killing. So that, uh, there's like three or more murders. Is, uh, is, you uh, find that they get killer. more brazen as it goes on and on. Like, yeah. I'm not getting caught. I, I keep yeah. doing this. Yeah, and that becomes all the, you know, whatever their psychopathy is and um, what kind of person they are. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and then we, we worked one that the guy fled to Brazil. What was the, what was the details on the, the young kid? What was he doing? Shooting. Straight up shooting, nope. and they're walking around. No, he, more of a power control type of thing around his area there in the Liberty Square area. Yeah. Um, just uh, walking up on them. It would be like little disputes over a stolen chain. I remember one being, um, and then late at night, he knew where some guys were posted up at, and he just walked right up to him and, and shot. What would that constitute as serial killing, or, or like uh, there was a motive <clears throat> behind it? There was a reason why he was doing it, and he was just... Uh, just a shooter, a killer, right? Cold-blooded, no, right? So yeah, so if it's three or more, and there's a cooling-off period where there's time has passed, mm-hmm. even if it's a week or or three or a day or three or four days, and then there's another one, two, three. After the th- on the third one, it becomes a serial killer. The motives behind them. It could be any. It could be sexual. It could be a power control. It could be a um, whatever uh, need he's trying to meet. That yeah. he's not getting and he needs that, whatever that need is, yeah. and he gets a satisfaction out of it. So in his case, it wasn't a sexual gratification or anything like that. It was more over power and, and establishing himself. So, so um, because I know gangs, they have shooters, and then so that shooter would, would be considered a serial killer because they have bodies. If he's got the, three bodies and more. Three bodies? Yeah. So, so then, even, even though he's doing it with this purpose, I guess it's the same thing as with these people that go off the rocker, like you said, and they're just psychotic and yeah. they get that, that need psychologically. I just need to kill this. And I, I get a gratification. Yeah, remember, we're not talking about a spree killer or one-time active shooter type of deal. We're talking yeah. about guys where there's a cooling-off period in between. Yeah. Whether they plan it, they off the cuff, or however they, that, that decision is made. That's interesting. It's different. Interesting. That was, uh, is that five? Uh, I think we got one more. We have one more? Uh, no, I think that, I that was th- it. I'm sure that was five because you right. came in with one and I asked the last okay. one. All right, let's uh, let's wrap that up. Take we'll a take a quick break. And we'll be right back. Hey, guys, just wanted to let you know that the new video Operation Smooth featuring TTOG is now up on Nick Off Duty. So as soon as the podcast is over, head on over there and check it out now. All right, let's get back to the podcast. All right, we are back. I'm going to throw up 30 more minutes on the clock just for anybody keeping count. Can you tell us about your your first murder case and then maybe one of your murder cases that was one of your most memorable or homicide cases that was your most memorable? Right, right. So um, let me think. Turn to recall, this was my, I think it was my first case or it was my second case that comes to mind right away. The, it, it, it was in the Liberty Square area and... It goes out as, as it goes out as a triple homicide. It goes out, right? Goes out as a triple murder. We get to the scene there, and there are um, two bodies. I was like, oh, "Where's uh, where's the third body? I don't see the th- where's the uh, you." Yeah. So the I go to find the officer. Hey, you called in. I heard you on the radio. You said three. I said, "Ponce, I almost turned white." I said, "What happened?" I said, "The guy was there." 
by the tire on the ground. Oh I was my. touching him when I was on the radio saying, we got three down, three bodies down. Yeah. And the guy, and the, the kid looks up at it and goes, I'm not dead. Oh. <laughs> she said that she escaped out of her body. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you a, a, a story just like that that happened, actually happened to me. But she was touching him and calling, I got three bodies. And he's like, no, it's, uh, it's only two. Sorry about that. Uh, he's, he was playing dead oh. because all the shooting was still happening. Yeah. He dove to the ground to hide. And we've heard similar stories like this on many homicides. Uh, these guys just go down and play dead. Yeah. And he was playing so dead. Cops were arriving, scene secured. Nobody had approached him until she came up. <laughs> and, it, and he was still... <laughs> I need to take a quick uh, 11, which is a break, personal break. It's usually when you're going pee-pee or poo-poo. <laughs> this was... <laughs> I gotta go change my undie pants. This case, this case was pretty crazy. So, very long case. Walkman, fingerprint, identify the offender. Find out that the offender, I won't, I won't say the, uh, the offender's name or his uncle, his name. Famous uh, NFL football star, big time. Five rank five star football player was okay. his direct uncle connected to the kid, right? Really, really close. I'm so I'm, I'm hunting this this kid down, looking for him. He's he's gone. Identified multiple witnesses, multiple kids on the street. Know who he is by name, everything. Oh, and by the way, his uncle so and so was with him yesterday. So and so. So I said, hmm, let me see what, what what we're doing here. So I'm tracking him down. I'm tracking him down, and I track. Can you give me a team? I can't. I I, I could. I could tell you the local team. Does it rhyme no, with the Miami Falcons? No, I could tell you that that week he was trying out in Miami for a local team. <laughs> so there was like a special combine, but okay. he never ended up in that team. Okay, by okay, the way, okay. but he was trying out that week okay. that I was looking for for that the offender. He was in town. Mm-hmm. Was is was from Miami, but moved out of town and, and came for the small little workout, okay. com, little small combat for him. Whatever. We'll leave it at that. Let everyone else, if you want to be investigators, start investigating. <laughs> All right, continue with the story. Yeah. Um, so I'm tracking this guy down. So I start getting word that he's this. The, the football player is hiding him. I said, man, this guy is not going to be taking this risk like that, you know. Um, so I got to track this guy down. So I start tracking him down, and I get a number for him. Call him on the phone. I said, hey, I'm tracking your nephew down, man. Um, the word is that you know where he's at. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I got nothing to do with so I don't know what you're talking about. Call I go, I go see him in person. I've tracked him down. I said, listen, I'm, I'm looking for your nephew. Um, you, you need to give him up. You know, where is that? I don't know what you're talking about. I said, all right. Is that a charge, by the way? What? If you're a family member? Yeah, if you're... Hiding n- another family member? Yeah, it depends what the family me- member is. With the mother and father, it's like they're not going to touch that. Okay. Or they're not, the All right. state attorneys are not really going to touch Kinda that. Kind of semi-protected. Yeah. yeah. Okay, continue. So, um, so I, I, this guy's like trying to give me a run around. I'm trying to track this guy down on my own with, uh, with the other guys, right? So... I um I find out that he's at a Hurricanes football game. 
the, watching this game, right? So that night, I'm like, and I, I need to bring this guy in. I call him. I, this is the star. Yeah. The, the five stars. Yeah. Okay. I call the NFL player, and I said, listen, you need to bring this guy in. I know you know where he's at. And he's like, man, he's scared. I said, I know he's scared. You need to bring him in. And he says to me, can I, can I curse? Yeah. And he said, man, fuck you. Oh. Hangs up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. I said, did this motherfucker, did he hang up on me? Yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, shit's getting real. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, ESPN happened to be clipped in on him at the time. On the yeah. I said, this guy, man. All right. So I stood there. I said, oh, he's at the game. I said, well, man, who's working that football game? So let me see who the officers are that are working that off-duty football game. If I, because our, our station was not that far from the from Orange Bowl. Yeah. So, for me to get over there, get through the parking, the whole chaos. For me to get in there, chaos. I yeah. said, let me find out who's working the off-duty jobs, who the supervisor is, and get me to the policeman. So I said, uh, I find out the policeman who's working the field. Yeah. I said, listen. I want you to find this guy. You know who this guy is? Hell yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. Say, so go to the field. He's going to be there walking around with his boys. And when he, when he, when you see him, call me. And you're going to hand them the phone. Hey. Like 20, 20 <laughs> minutes. On him. Like 20 minutes, yeah. 25 minutes past by. And he goes, hey, Ponce, he's over here. Give him the damn phone. Please tell me, you said, did you disrespect me? <laughs> hey, no, please no. <laughs> you have disrespected me and my family. <laughs> please tell me you get a voice like that. You need to have a voice like that when you're calling somebody like I that. I said to him, he, answer, he gets the phone, yo. And I said, listen, I know what time and what day your workout is. Do you want me to show up that day at that workout? Or are you going to bring him to me? He brought him the next day in the morning, dog. Oh. With his attorney, uh. the next morning, he brought him to the lobby. I said, yo, what's up? You can go. I got him and his attorney. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Mic drop. I feel like we should end the podcast right there. Mic drop. Oh, man. That's awesome. And you get a lot of cases like that, man. We get a lot of, hope, how to, a lot of high profile case. Yeah. Um, and you got it. You got to be ready. You got to be a professional problem solver. That's Wait, what, that was that's the first case. Oh, is that, was that the first? That was my second. That was the special. Case. Oh, but that was one of the first ones, that, right? That I that I ever worked. Oh, and that's wow. not that, so. That doesn't. You have one that stands out like more. Than right. So I have this other case that was anything a, else before we can it's like because people are uh, is that it? Okay, that's it. I'm I'm cool. We can move on because I get that a lot. Hey, you cut him off. You didn't let him finish. Is that it? Yeah, I got another case. If you wanna... But for the NFL, uh... yeah, that was done with him. It, the, the stupid thing about that also I that I think it's FNFL. Like, Fen- yeah, FNFL, we actually... can't really say it anymore. Is that some professional team? I don't. <laughs> or league? Uh, we don't know. We don't even know it's a professional league anymore. That tried out for the Miami Falcons, but <laughs> yeah. we can't say the actual. Right. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't know what team it is. All right. But anyways, so that's the end of that that uh, case. Obviously, you move on. And what happened with that? The guy got convicted. Yeah. So he, even that same day, his attorney. Only this three times happened in my career is that his attorney sat in in the interview, and I still got a confession. 
with his attorney sitting right next to him. That attorney sucks. Bad, dude. <laughs> Listen, you don't want to talk to a detective. Yeah. We detect things. Don't, don't mess this up. Yeah. Probably like a tax attorney, too. Like, <laughs> a real estate Probably, attorney. I, think like, it was oh, like I blew that attorney. one. Yeah, I think it was like a, like a family attorney. Yeah. Very rarely does that happen. But no disrespect to real estate attorneys, but I'm sure most happened. of you don't want to sit in yeah. with a homicide detective. It's, I don't want to sit It's in. happened to a bunch of uh, uh, some guys. They'll tell you some stories, some good okay. stories. I just saw the good, pretty cool case. Um, it was a 21-kilo cocaine deal. These guys were, were a crew that ripped you off, ripped everybody off that was in the cocaine business, was in the business. Okay. So if you dealt, you guys dealt in cocaine, you, uh, you and Justin are in the cocaine business of moving kilos around Miami back and forth. Hey. I had my crew that all I did was rip you guys off. So, Justin, just so you know, we've been homicide detectives, and now we're cocaine dealers. Yeah. <laughs> now that, what? <laughs> um, podcast host. Right. So, so it, it, essentially what's happened is these guys were, like, um, best friends. They grew up elementary school, all through high school. Yeah. And one guy, they both became drug dealers. One guy, international, real big time, bringing it in from far away. And then he sets up the deal with his buddy. He was always giving them the drugs to him here in Miami. And then this kid, this guy would distribute all over. And one day he came and goes, uh, you owe me money. I'm not giving you any more drugs. Hey, I'll pay you back. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm not paying you. So um, this guy decides. Uh, he goes, oh, you, know, you don't want to give me drugs anymore or so? Fuck, I'm going to rip this guy off. That's essentially what happened. He sets up his crew. Yeah. Nick. You're, you're the guy. You set up your crew. Let me go do a rip on this guy. I'm going right. to set him up. We set up the deal. 21 kilo shows up, and they, they, uh, they kidnap. They end up kidnapping the guy. There's seven guys in that crew that kidnapped this guy. They, they shot him and set him on fire in his car, blew up his car. Hmm. And seven guys. I get all seven guys, right? In the end, I, I get a confession from all seven guys. I arrest all seven guys. What's, what was pretty, pretty interesting, one of the things that happened in the case, there's a guy in the crew, how do I say, okay, this is the, without saying his name, so uh, Roberts, we call him, nickname is what? What do we call Dick? him? Dick? No, that's Bob. Richard. Silly. Oh, Richard. Bob. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind? <laughs> Damn it, I'm, I blew it, I had one. Right, but so there's show my wits, Robert. Well, you know what? I'll I'll say I'll say say the guy's I'll say the guy's first name because it's uh, the guy's in prison anyway. He's okay. Shout out to the guy in prison. Hey, thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what a what a you know they're they're, you know they're listening. Yo, yo, they're talking about Bob Keys, yo. You know what I mean? Whatever, we're big in prison. Oh, you're talking about my case, bro. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Hey, so the, la- oh, the, the guy that I'm looking oh. for, I've been hunting this guy down for like six months. Right? I can't find this guy. So normally you do a little background check on, on somebody. You're going to get all their previous arrests, their, their arrest forms. In their arrest forms, if he had co-defendants, other people he's committing crimes, those names of those oh, yeah. people's, you get the files. <laughs> then we I'm get thinking you about the guy in prison like, damn, this shit's hot. <laughs> yo, 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 he's going to say my name. No. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, my bad, bro. He's dropped the headphones. Man. This motherfucker, I got uh, him now. Hey. I'm getting out. All right. All right, sorry. He said my name on a podcast. You know when you know when you're in class or something and like the teacher moves on and you're still thinking about it. And you're trying, oh, right, let's take a drink. 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 Salute, bro. This is a good one. Oh man. If you're still listening. Oh man. Oh my god. I'm, Shout get, out. Sorry, I'm getting it all out now. <laughs> A little thing. That's just a little, a little thing that happened in the case. You I, ever laugh like I, that in a, an investigation where you're just like, <laughs> don't, 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 don't ask me stuff because then I start remembering about other shit that happened in the case and I want to tell a story. Okay, okay sorry, sorry. Every sorry. question reminds me of something crazy. Okay, you okay. said you were going to be the wrangler during this part. I and you're, know, on, you're oh, unraveling it. All right, sorry, continue. My bad, my bad. <laughs> no, gonna, just little things. said to the penalty box <laughs> soon. So little things like that. So, so you were tracking him six the, months. The name, yeah. so the guy's name, the guy's that I know him by his name is Eddie, right? The guy's name is Eddie, and I tracking this guy Eddie. I don't know who he is. Cuban guy Eddie, the Cuban guy Eddie. All the guys, all the players that I already interrogated, they told me what the guy looks like, but I can't track the guy anywhere. Can't track the guy anywhere. And I take the case file home, and I'm flipping, going crazy in in the house, and I said, and my my friend that was with me i said what's on what's up man i can't f- figure out who this guy is you know i don't know the guy's name uh and i got laid out a table like this all the pictures of all the players in that crew and everybody in that web of people that they deal with that they either been arrested with or not i got a picture of this guy i've had this case file with a picture of this guy in my file for six months and I said, I'm looking for this guy, Eddie. And then he picks up the pa- He just sat down with me, looks at the paper, and says, that's Eddie right there. I said, what? what? He says, this guy's name is Eriberto. Like, oh, okay. Herbert for Spanish. Yes. And Eribertos, mm. we call them Eddies. Oh. I'm like, motherfucker. I had this guy in my case file the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I go track Eddie. This case was filmed on First 48, right? So they film, and about three months later, then it airs. They edit in New York, whatever it goes. Right. And then it'll, it'll go live three months later, and then anything after that are a bunch of reruns, right? That's what I love about hunting killers, right? When, and, and I don't know what happens to people, but when it happens to me, when my leads start getting really good evidence, DNA, prints, you get a warrant. That's big. You're like... It's about oh, to get okay. real. Yeah. The wrath is building within yeah. me. Yeah. And what's that guy doing? Kicking in with his girlfriend, smoking some weed, chilling, having a party. Yo, what up? And I'm like working, working. I'm coming. I'm coming for you. And I get this thing in me. Right? And it just happened when I know I'm getting closer. I find out who the guy is. I said, oh, my God. It was just, everything just flew. I got the hell out of there. I went back to the office. Let's go. We, got, we, we know who this guy is. We, we're getting the warrant. Wrote up the warrant. Next day, we got the warrant. Boom, we're hunting the guy. Saddle up. And then you get Gauls and his guys dressed in black yeah. to go with you. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're out there with the SWAT team. Right? You got to identify, we obviously. Identified the guy. This is already now days later after I identified him. I get the, the warrant. So he's up uh, near Miami Lakes, Miami Lakes area. We go down there. Now it's about 2, two o'clock in the morning, 
2 to 3 o'clock in the morning. Got all the Miami-Dade guys. We meet at a location, brief them. This is the house that we're going. We're going there. I'm going to the door. So to, to, to chime in, when you're out of your jurisdiction, you don't take your own SWAT team. You, you have to contact the local SWAT team or the county SWAT team to come in, correct? You contact their PD. Okay. We you say, go hey, with and whatever happens there. You got to show up with your warrant. Yeah. You show up with your warrant. You have a little meeting at a gas station somewhere. Yeah. They go, this is the location. I got a warrant for the guy. Yeah. We're set up. You bring whoever you want. Okay. okay. All right. This is not a just a cur- courtesy. We're gonna be in your neck of the woods. This they're is gonna come got. with you. They're gonna be there. Okay. They're yeah. gonna be there. We're gonna be there, and they're gonna bring the people. They may they may bring somebody to the door with you, or however you want to set it up with with your crew. Okay. Just for people's information, you said Miami Lakes. That's actually uh, out of patrolled the by the county. Yeah. My, yeah. Miami yeah outside county. of city of Miami jurisdiction. Yeah. All right. Continue. Right. So. <clears throat> Here I come. What was that name of that movie with Tom Hanks with Green Mile? Ooh, Ooh, one of mile, my walking a mile. favorite. Remember when he, he spits out all those bugs out of it? John Coffey. Yeah, Ooh. John Coffey and Boss. Yep. I'm, 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 I'm walking up. I'm walking up. Dude, I don't know what it is, but it's like, I, it, it's like it's that buildup that you get from when you first meet your victim's family. Yeah. All right, and you you you're 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 with the victim in the entire case that you're investigating. It. You're with that victim's family the whole time. There, I bring them with me when I'm gonna go knock on that door. He's no, chilling, not physically, right. but inside. Yeah, you've internalized all of that anguish and all of that passion from the family, and you're holding you're it right it, here in your bring heart, bringing it with yeah. me, bringing cool. it with me, doing when you're hunting somebody, you get that feeling like. I'm here. Yeah. We're gonna. We got this. We're gonna take care of this. Go knock on the door. He's kicking back with his wife, watching a rerun of the first forty-eight of the same case. Oh wow! Sa. Remember me? Hey. <laughs> we got the wrap up. Imagine this. Yeah. He opens the door, sees my face. I grab him like this. He urinates all over himself. Oh. Damn. The wrath has come upon you, has arrived. Wow. At your door. Wow. Are you goosebumps? Yeah, yeah I'm rubbing them out. Yeah. I'm rubbing the goosebumps got, off my arm. I, got, I had awesome, a little, bro. I'm not gonna, I might have urinated a little myself. When you reached <laughs> across the table. Pete a little bit. It's, it's, it's an awesome feeling yeah. to have. Uh, it's, uh, it's awesome closure because no matter what time of the day it is or night or morning, you call that victim's family at 4 o'clock in the morning, we got him, or he just confessed. I'll normally call them right after the interrogation. Yeah. When he's off, when he's cuffed off. Right there from there, he went to the interrogation room, full confession, then I call the family. So I probably called them around 4.30 in the morning, something like that. Do you ever get, um, like, uh, invited to Christmas or little parties from these families members? Every birthday... Of their loved one that got killed, and every Christmas they call me. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely been to their house plenty of times, but not any. That that would have been recently during the crime. Yeah, but I'm, just I'm after just saying, the crime. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, over over the years, people still no doubt. And if you worked, if you were part of what we were doing, I don't know if they're doing it now, but every Thanksgiving we did a box for the families of the victims of homicide. Yeah. Um, uh, cases of uh, victims of homicide Their family would do the whole turkey The whole thing and then each Investigator would deliver it 
to the house that's of their awesome. case. Yeah, that's awesome. That's big. Um, yeah, that's very that, cool. That, that, that connection, man, you, you, you got to have connection somehow to, to the family. That's, that's going to drive you. It's, gonna, it, it's amazing. I'm glad that you're here saying this because this boils my blood that this side of police work doesn't get shown. And you're here telling the story, man. And I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on, man. You guys are amazing, man. And and just to hear this, and this is what it's about, and this is what this podcast, what I essentially wanted, you know, a lot of this stuff, this untold stories. And like, hey, man, hey, man, we're good guys, man. I mean, yeah, there's some assholes out there, but I want to say 99, it was 98%, no, like 99.9% of Mm. everyone I meet are good uh, people, and they just happen to be law enforcement officers. So, Freddie, thank you for coming on. Peace. We got eight minutes left. I want to plug everything. Um, yeah, if, yeah, first yeah, of all, yeah. if you guys want to hear more of Freddie, yeah. put it down in the comments below. I think it's more of Freddie on this show. On this show, for sure. And then where, where you have your own podcast. Where can they find you on your own podcast? So Talking Murder podcast is on Mixcloud.com forward slash Talking Murder. So there I just uh, interview homicide investigators and get to their twist on what, ma- what they did to make the case. Yeah. And... What their motivations are. Everything we're talking about here is is, um, and we get more into detail of motivation and 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 the process. So this is like a baseline. You get more in depth on your podcast, obviously, because the the show is called Talking Murder. Yeah, we so talk two similar minds, really, just really getting into your craft. Yeah, we specifically talk about cases. Yeah, for sure. So where can they find that on your on your website? Correct. So you got my website at uh, freddypons.com or my uh, training company is uh, Criminal Investigations traininggroup.com and I have links for the podcast there as well okay so that's something else that I want to talk about so we're going to put all your links and all your handles down below so they can find you but yeah, man. Cool. you yep. coming back on this the donut shop podcast or what just do it hell yeah we got a lot of cases hell to talk. yeah so uh, we're going to have you back on but you also have this company. What's this company about, man? I mean, to see Criminal Investigation Training Group. Sick so group, yeah. Criminal ahead. Investigation Training Group. So, fort- I mean, I was fortunate throughout my career since 2008 being a training, uh, being certified as a training instructor uh, at the PD, so I, where I trained on my investigation classes. And in my latter part of my career, I did that. So I teach um, a homicide course, criminal investigation course, interview interrogation. I co-teach a crime scene class. Um, so I moved that around. It, uh, our region is like from Palm Beach to the Keys, where the officers come to us. Yeah. We also, the, um, and then the, the police department also has an, an international division of police officers that come from all over the world. So when I was with them, I had that, that um, fortunate uh, opportunity to train with those guys, and I built a big network. Yeah, and that's taken me out of the country. I went to Brazil by uh, seven or eight times to train them with a with a team of guys. We did that over there, right. and I, I consult on homicide cases uh, out of the country. And the guys so, that the guys that still call me, working cases. Hey, hey, Fred, I got this case. What do we do? Or an interrogation. Hey, I got. Can you listen to my tape? Evaluate it. So any awesome. a, any PDs out there looking, um, you do consulting and all that stuff for PDs, they can find you on your website, which is going to be down below. That's going to 
the, how they're going to contact you, correct? Very cool. Yep, for sure. Uh, so, for Jay, sure, sure, Jay, man. anything? Hey, man. No, that is awesome. I'm still just blown away by this story. <laughs> I'm just over here. Uh, I'm just a fly on the wall for this episode. Sorry uh, sorry for those of you that want to hear my voice. I think we both were. Cut, yeah. I mean, I spoke a little bit, but I was like, bro, I gotta, we got to go back on. I, I think we're going to go off air here yeah. or off of video and yeah. continue talking. I think, uh, yeah, I think the edits can actually just be him as the baseline and then just our once in a while. It's like Nick's picture will pop up. As he asked the question, and maybe but it was yeah. good, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, uh, hell of a hell of a, a job. Thank you so much. And guys, uh, go follow. We're gonna put all your links on Instagram, all that stuff. Thanks again, yeah. Freddie, for showing up. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing the knowledge, boy, and One for and for everybody else out, out there. Um, take your um, take your passion with you where you're gonna go, man. And understand uh, what services. All right. Uh, cheers for service. Cheers. 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 And I want to end it on something that you said and that just hit home with to take your passion with you wherever you go. And I became a police officer, and I was uh, and I loved the job. I shaved my head. I was gung-ho for the first two to three years. But my passion was really this stuff, the video and the entertaining. And then eventually it, it bubbled out of me, and I, yeah, became, yeah. and I became what I was, and I started doing comedy again. I did the social media stuff, and it all intertwined. So anyone out there listening, stay true to who you are. Be passionate about what you do, and life will be good. Yeah, yeah. Life is good. All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, no, it's very true. Fun, man. Outstanding. All right, Freddie, you're Thanks, the man. Everybody, peace out. <laughs> calling all units. Calling all units. Donut shot has a fresh dozen. Go ahead and take a ten forty.